But in most cases, people can bring their blood pressure back to normal within weeks, not months, with excellent eating. As a matter of fact, I published a study in the American Journal of Lifestyle Medicine, October 15, 2015, with 443 participants that showed that the average person dropped their high blood pressure, the systolic number, dropped 26 points on the average within about with an average of six months. And no such drop occurred before six months, but the you know the reading of the whole average um, was calculated as a six-month interval. But in any case, what I'm saying here is that nutritional excellence or a nutritarian diet has been shown to drop blood pressure more radically than blood pressure medications without increasing the risk of cancer. But when, when you drop your blood pressure with, with proper diet, you've not just lost weight and lower than restored vascular elasticity, but you've flooded the body with antioxidants. You've reduced vascular, intravascular, and endothelial inflammation. You've, you know, so there's a lot of different factors that have lowered your you know, you've lowered, increased your sensitivity to insulin. You've made yourself less diabetic. You've lowered your blood sugar. You've lowered your, you know, so there's a lot of, like, hundreds of advantages, especially the oxidized LDL. It's not just lowering your cholesterol, but you're actually, when you lower your cholesterol and lower your blood pressure with nutritarian diet, you dramatically drop oxidized LDL. That's the most dangerous type of LDL. It's not just LDL lowering in general. And lastly, and critically, is that blood pressure medications drop the systolic blood pressure at the expense of pushing the diastolic blood pressure too low. The diastolic blood pressure is the second number. That's when the heart is relaxing and refilling. And when the heart is relaxing and refilling, that's when the coronary arteries themselves are being perfused or filled with blood. That's when the heart muscle gets all its oxygen nutrients is during diastole. So if diastole drops too low from the use of medications, and we're talking here about these vessels now that are with aging, with eating poorly, who have lost their elasticity, which means they don't extend outward during that, during systole, so the blood pressure gets too high. They don't contract inward during diastole sufficiently. They're stuck in position. They don't come in. So diastole has a tendency to fall because they don't, because the vessels don't elastic, because they don't have lost their elastic recall, and the blood can't get back to the heart fast enough to refill, to get filled up again for its next pump. And to perfuse or totally refill the coronary arteries are adequately. So when we take blood pressure medications, it lowers systolic blood pressure, but it pushes diastolic blood pressure lower, leading to reduced perfusion of the heart muscle. And when excessive use of medication, which is almost most use of medication in the, in, you know, all the people today is all, is due to these medications that cause increased risk of atrial fibrillation, increased risk of cardiac arrhythmias, increased risk of sudden cardiac death, and increased risk of heart attack from the overuse of medications and the use of medications. Because the doctors have to give too much medications for the systolic blood pressure to get to a favorable range, and, and it's, which inevitably causes the diastolic blood pressure to go with too low to an unfavorable range. When you fix things nutritionally, you drop, you keep, the, you reduce the pulse pressure, which is the difference between the two numbers, and you keep both the diastolic and systolic favorable, and then you have proper return of flow to the heart, so the heart can adequately refill. Drugs cannot do what superior nutrition can do. That's the point. And and when people aren't given proper informed consent, they're not told the risks of the medication. They're not told the futility and the, you know, and and how relatively ineffective they are at preventing risk of heart attacks and strokes in your future. And how um, nutrition, you know, a nutritarian diet or nutritional excellence is a hundred times more effective, totally obliterating the, almost the possibility of you having a heart attack or a stroke. I'm saying almost because some people obviously are so elderly or so advanced in their condition, you know, maybe that they may be too late for them or there may be some people with genetic 
you know, valve um, problems or a valve issue or some kind of other um, damage to their conduction system that makes them too late to totally reverse their conveyor risk. But in, but in the vast majority of cases, heart disease is easy to wipe away and the body could repair itself and restore itself to normal. And Dr. Furman, our audience, I think, is simply going to love you because in your book, The End of Heart Disease, which you're referencing uh, in this interview here and in some of the information and studies, your approach is so bold and your statements are so bold, you know, obliterating heart disease. You're never going to have to worry about heart disease. Uh, you talked about publishing that study in 2015. How is your information and the way you're presenting it, how is it being received by you sort of your, your colleagues and peers in conventional medicine? Because it's seems to be, you know, to me, it's like someone just pour, pours a bucket of ice cold water over you, kind of wakes you out of this pharmaceutical slumber. Some people don't like to hear it. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> you know, how is this being received and what, what kind of heat are you taking? I mean, our audience is going to love it. I love it. We, in this world, we need someone making these bold statements because they're absolutely true. But what's, what's kind of the fallout happening uh, uh, on your end? You know, I, I have to just say in defense of that statement, what you're saying is that, you know, I'm actually thinking that I'm trying to be, if you really read the book, which I know you've read, or you've read most of it, I'm trying to be as accurate as possible and conservative and not exaggerate and not be bold, but say what's factual and show the science as to what supports and why I've come to those conclusions and what the data accurately says. And I even say in the book, if somebody can look at this data and come to a different interpretation, let me know, because I think if you know all the facts, you can actually reach the same conclusions I have. So I don't think that this should be seen as being controversial, number one. And number two, most of the doctors that come in contact with me to discuss this work and my work are, have turned into fans. They've like been excited about it, and they're using it in their practice, and they mostly communicate with me to show them how effective it's been and how it's transformed their practice. Take Dr. Kushak Reddy, the head of interventional cardiology, at Tampa um, Veterans Hospital in Tampa, Florida. Let's just use him as an example. He's an interventional cardiologist who spends his career putting stents and angioplasty in, in people's hearts, right? And he has said that the most important part of his practice is using the information he's learned from me to get people to change their way they're eating and save their lives. He's saying he's still doing so much less procedures today, only mostly the ones that people need in emergency situations. And trying to instruct almost everybody who's in practice to read my books. And he says that it's just revolutionized not just his practice, but it's revolutionized the population of the hospital that utilizes the doctors in this hospital for care. Likewise, in like in Fort Myers, you have almost all the doctors in the hospital have embraced this work and they're recommending it for their patients. We're talking here about thousands of physicians across America now who are now try are utilizing nutritional care and there's an explosion in the American College of Lifestyle Medicine and people now embracing and moving on to treating people with more foundationally nutritional methods. Now that doesn't mean that what um what you're saying isn't true or what you're alluding to isn't true. That the vast majority of doctors today are still in a funk. They still haven't learned this yet. They still only get just about only give people medications, or even if they know nutrition can be effective, or they heard about it, or they eat right themselves, they think it's too time-consuming or too hard to get people to change and too difficult to implement in the practice, and they don't. So even though I'm in agreeing with you that overall, most people go to a doctor, they just get drugs. They leave there with medications. The doctor either thinks, it's, thinks paternalistically, the person's not going to listen to it anyway when I was not waste my time, or they themselves are not a living and breathing example of superior nutrition, which doctors should be. 
you know, I'm on a mission to change America, but I got but we gotta change the medical profession too. We have to have doctors to be not just experts, but they also have to be you know, doctors shouldn't smoke cigarettes, right? Doctors shouldn't snort cocaine. <laughs> doctors shouldn't be eating donuts and soda and drinking and eating junk food. They shouldn't be having drug lunches where they bring in white bread and junk food. They should be living, breathing examples for their for their for employees and people in the hospital should be eating healthy. So, you know, it's funny because I, I lecture in these major hospitals all the time. I'm going to do medical conference. I'm lecturing at Grand Rounds in these hospitals. And they say, well, how, uh, they always, always get a question from the audience. They always say to me, how can we get the people in this, uh, in this um, environment to change the way they're eating because they're all eating fast food? And, and I said, let's not talk about that first. Let's talk about how we can change every single hospital employee right here in this facility to get them eating healthy and have no obese, overweight people and sickly people walking around the hospital. Because the first step is to put the oxygen mask on yourself first and be a living example and walking the walk and talking the talk. And then we can eat more easily, reach out and get the community to change. Because I walk in the hospital and like every person working there is obese, you know, including the doctors <laughs> and the nurses. Well, I have to say from watching your PBS special last night, you are in phenomenal shape. I mean, you are just, you, 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 you epitomize cardiovascular health just just by looking at you I was I was really struck by how I could, you could just tell that you follow exactly what you teach thank you and I'm, you know I, I enjoy you know I was on the world figure skating team I was third in the world in Paris figure skating in 1976 I was second in the United States when I first went to seniors and oh I was second, I first went to senior event in the US Masters in 1972 in 73, I was second in the country, so I was a bit involved in athletics, but now that I'm in my 60s, I do downhill, you know, I ski moguls, I play aggressive singles tennis, I enjoy all the sports I used to play when I was young, and I like living life so you can maintain your physical wellness, you can enjoy your life, you know, as you age, and not most people my age are, you know, overweight, out of shape, and can't even enjoy doing things physical, you know, they can't enjoy running on the beach, they can't go swimming in the ocean. They can't go surfing. They can't do, you know, the whole point is let's, that when you have your health, it makes life that much more fun. And let's, let's get into the nutritarian diet and what are the foundations upon which it's built? What's a, a kind of a quick summary of that approach uh, that can maybe impact people to, to integrate some of it? And one of the things that I was really struck by what you said in your book, and you had said it quite a few times, you kept talking about colored foods. And I don't know if you know this or not, but David Wolf is working on a book called The Color Cure, where he's really focused in on the food, uh, the pigments in food, those color pigments and the color pigments themselves being the medicine and, and so let's let's talk about that for a bit that's good i always make the joke and i say the whiter the bread the sooner you're dead right say, don't trust it's like oh man and i say you know it's um don't trust anything too white it's like this is crazy and as i look through my all these jokes jokes but the point is of course is the natural foods that designed for humans with us we can see color we can taste food in our tongue we're designed to be eating a whole variety of these colors that, that work synergistically prevent our health. And the first principle of a nutritarian diet is that your healthy life expectancy, which means how long you're going to live and the quality of life, is proportional to the nutrient per calorie density of your diet. That means how much micronutrients you take in per calorie in your daily diet through, your, through most of your life determines your long-term health. We have it. It's basic. It's math. We eat a variety of these high nutrient foods. You get a high amount of micronutrients along for the ride. We eat foods that have that are just calories, with no nutrients in them, like white flour and sugar and oil, which are empty calories. Right? The definition of junk food is mostly empty calories. Taking more calories 
without accompanying nutrients to come along with them, and we accelerate our death. And the more empty calories you take in, when you eat those bagels and the croissants and the donuts and the soda, you keep throwing calories in the french fries and the potato chips. You put those calories in your body, and every bite, you're accelerating your death, just like every smoke contact, you smoke cigarettes. The more cigarettes you smoke, the more you're cutting short your life. When you eat high glycemic white flour junk food, you're cutting short your life. And the same thing, the second principle of the nutritarian diet, these are the main two principles, is that a diet should be hormonally favorable because excess hormones interfere with longevity. We're talking here about excess insulin. We're talking about excess estrogen. We're talking about excess IGF-1 or insulin growth factor 1. When we eat a diet that's highly glycemic, which means a lot of, you know, like white flour, sugar, and honey, and maple syrup, and aguave nectar, and high fructose corn syrup. And we eat a diet that has these high glycemic foods, it causes a surge of sugar in your blood, which raises insulin to very high levels. And insulin pushes the sugar out of your blood, but the insulin stays there circulating for hours, having a negative effect on promoting atherosclerosis and, and cellular replication and cancer. Likewise, when we eat too much animal products, we also have the body produces too much growth hormone in response to the high biological protein. It's not just the saturated fat in animal products. It's the white meat chicken without the skin. It's the egg whites as well. It's the animal protein itself that is growth promoting. And when you have excess hormones, it ages us. It promotes cell replication. And it's, it's more cancer promoting, not just promoting the growth of cancer cells, but actually promoting the spread and metastasis of cancer cells if you already have cancer. And don't forget about 50% of the people over the age of 50 in America today already have cancer cells in their body. Either we can do a mammogram and find that we don't have cancer, or we can do a PSA level to find if a man doesn't have prostate cancer. That's somewhat of a myth, a myth as well, because all the people with negative mammograms have breast cancer, just mammograms are, too, are not a fine enough tool to detect it. They only detect it 10 or 15 years after the cancer cells have started to become cancerous. With these new tools we have available today and with modern technology, we can detect cancer cells much earlier, finding that most Americans already have cancer. But it's not a death sentence because, of course, just like with reverse heart disease in the early stages, cancer can be reversed as well. But the point I'm making here is that this idea that a diet is um, beneficial and it's high in protein, low in fat, low in carbohydrates, has been proven now in long-term studies to accelerate death. And, and that includes death of heart disease and cancer. It's too much animal protein is also hormonally unfavorable. So those two basic tenets here with two basic principles are, of course, nutrient density, and the second one is hormonal favorability. Both those are critical um, principles people have to understand. And you're going to be taking the stage with us, and, and this is going to be, I think, one of our pivotal presentations. Again, if you're listening, uh, you're just tuning in, we're here with Dr. Joel Furman. He's going to be joining us Friday, September 30th through Sunday, October 2nd at the Hilton Anaheim in Anaheim, California for our Longevity Now Conference 2016. You're going to be speaking to our audience of about 2,000 people. What is your hope? What message do you want to convey to them, and what are you hoping they walk away with? Hope. My hope is that they walk away with hope. My hope is that, here's the message. The message is that healthcare is self-care. My message is that we are in control of health destiny, and we have the power right now with enough scientific information to not have a stroke, to not get demented, to not have heart attacks, and to not get cancer. And we have to now become living examples of that and now spread this information out 
to other people, radiate it out so Americans can take charge and we can be an example for the whole world of, of radiant, of a population of radiant good health. Because right now we're the opposite. We're the laughing stock of obesity and diabetes and sickness in the highest rates of chronic disease across America. We're spreading fast food and we're not spreading the light that we don't have to be sick. So that's my hope. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. And we can't wait to see you at the conference, Dr. Furman. Thanks so much. We look forward to seeing you and all my other friends at the conference. This program was brought to you by thebestdayever.com. Thanks for listening.